everybody welcome once again to matt and brett love comics this is matt oh this is brett and uh with us as often is uh the wonderful nicole dressel hey guys (laughs) (laughs) so excited to be here Mm -hmm. uh also with us tonight uh returning to the show friend of the show uh kelly sudaconic kelly how are you tonight i am well thank you yeah. Actually, actually, that's a lie. My throat kind of hurts a little bit. Oh no! What uh, what happened? Nothing really. I just I suddenly felt like I was lying, and I wanted to fess up. <laughs> that's all. That's all. There's a cone of truth. Wait, was yeah. that in Get Smart? Was it cone of truth? No, it was cone, cone of, of silence. silence. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything about truth in Get Smart? No. Is the cone of silence from Get Smart? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, but this is another big day. It's now like a weird tradition that we're we're talking to Kelly Sue on the day that Captain Marvel two came out, whereas last time it was the day that Captain Marvel one came out. So Woo-hoo! yeah, uh, you like me when I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> how has to, how is the uh, how is how is today gone compared to a month ago? Or I mean, I'm um. You know, I'm trying not to look too much, so I don't know. Uh, nobody, well, that's not true. Most people don't seek you out to tell you that they didn't like your book. Although yeah. sometimes that happens. And then, so. you know, they're a special breed of awful person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got, I got, well, it, it looked like it was going to be one of those, uh, somebody sent me like a, a, a private message on Tumblr, like just before we sp- started speaking, um, and uh, and I made the mistake of reading it. And, um, yeah, and it's it started off it started off well. I wasn't very excited about another time travel story. And, <laughs> oh, good. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it turns out that they forgive me, so it's all good. <laughs> it's it, it's it's interesting to me because it's always the people that think that. Uh, they go around and say like, "Yeah, I just I like to tell it like it is." And it's like, no, you just kind of like to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to um, to live in a place of gratitude and to understand <laughs> that those people have their own thing and they need to feel important yeah. and they probably think that they're helping. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's always interesting too because it's like a fine balance. I mean, you, it it seems like you always want like feedback is normally welcome, but uh, it's it, it seems like uh, it seems like you have to learn how to just balance that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a the thing like if you're my editor or if I'm working yeah. on story with you or something like that, then then I'm saying, hey, you know, please help me. Yeah. make this a better thing if the book is already out <laughs> and, and i don't know you yeah if you're not helping yeah um, i i built i myself built a time machine and i hate time machine <laughs> stories so can you hop in my time machine yeah <laughs> oh jeez. um but you know at the same time like i i don't want to sound um 
I have started this off on the wrong foot. I really, this is the thing I try not to do. I, uh, I don't want to sound ungrateful. I have a really amazing job. I get, I'm in an incredibly privileged position. Um, and, uh, and I appreciate that. And my ego is strong and, and yeah. also it's okay for people to not like my book. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's totally okay. Um, and the, uh, it, it, of course, just like anyone, you, you know, I've, I've seen, I don't know how many people have come out of the woodwork to, to tell me that they enjoyed it or to say something nice about it or to sing Dex's praises. And, you know, it's just, it's really been fantastic. And Carol has this amazing fan base. So yeah. of course, you know, what I fixate on is the two people who are like, I don't understand what the fuss is all about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's because like secretly, I'm like, I don't understand what the bus is all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's always uh, that that voice in your head's always the one that you don't want to listen to. And then if someone externally kind of lends credence to it, (laughs) suddenly, I don't know. When I hear that stuff, I'm like, oh, oh, god, oh, no, no, no. I was I everything I knew was a lie. You guys, I'm a fraud. Yeah. (laughs) Exclusive, exclusive. Um. Yeah. Uh, your cone of truth is down again. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, I gotta readjust that button. It keeps. Uh... <laughs> uh, well, I I have to say I love the second issue, and I remember you were showing at Heroes Con. You had the um, the pages like the very first couple of pages with Carol on the plane, and you were like showing like how Dexter like knocked those pages out of the park. Um, okay. And then like the pages I hadn't seen in previews, like the end that last page when she is coming up against is it the Prowler? Uh huh. Where like that one page where it's just like. Where her back is to that giant, you know, triangular ship. Yeah. It, 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 it's, that's like, it's a Joss Whedon badass moment. Like, it's a... Yeah. Like, that's something, like, straight out of, like, that... The, t- the type of, like, I don't know, pulse-pounding action that was in Avengers. Like, that's what that is. And it was, like, such a, like, man, Dexter killed that. It was great. It's a hero shot. It's a hero shot. Hero shot. Yeah. It's... What I, what I like most about it is, it, it you know, uh, Carol really seems to be someone who treats like thrill and fear almost like a like a drug like she can't like she's addicted to that and can't get enough of it like when she when she wrecks in the past and says can you just like says to herself just for once can you not try to push it too far yeah and yeah. i i yeah I, I just uh i don't know it's a it's a very it's a really great, like, like human aspect to the character that really, uh, that's that's a, a great connecting point. I think that I'd uh, that you I really about, enjoyed. We talked about Chuck Yeager before, right? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that um, that amazing scene in uh, the right stuff where he is takes the the plane out on the the unauthorized flight. Um, yeah, and crashes it, you know, and it's just like, yeah, but of course he had to, cause he's Chuck Yeager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then there is that my my favorite image in probably all of sim, uh, cinema is him walking away from the burning plane. Yeah, yeah. Which is just like, <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> like I've ever seen. I went to see that movie with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and, and you've said before your dad was in the Air Force, correct? My dad was career uh, Air Force, yep. And uh, uh, he retired 
<laughs> the first possible moment. <laughs> as soon as I think he had to put in twenty years, as like twenty years and one day, my dad retired. And scene, thank you. <laughs> uh, and he is uh, he is a pilot as a civilian, but he was not a pilot in the military. He was a Russian linguist in the military, which is pretty cool. Russian linguist. Right, uh, and you also um, to to move on to a topic that I'm super excited about that also features Captain Marvel. Uh, I was announced just a couple days ago that you're taking over Avengers Assemble from your neighbor Brian Bendis. You bet. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it was almost inaudible. That was like excitement. <laughs> How long has this been in the works? How long have you known you were going to be taking that over? How did that happen? Not very long. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Um. I, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but when I got the call where they, they said, um, you know, hey, listen, this is a thing that's on the table if you're interested, you know, but you got to pitch for it. You're not the only person we're talking to, blah, 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 you know. Um, I was like, oh, my God, I totally want to do this. Oh, my God. I Had totally- the Avengers movie come out at this point? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so. I was just like, yeah, there's no... I can't. I, my schedule I, is unmanageable as it is. I, I can't do this. And uh, so uh, I talked to Matt about it, and, um, and he was like, you know, dude, this is a career move. You kind of have to do this. And yeah. uh, I was like, well, I don't understand what I cut then. You know, like, <laughs> I already don't sleep enough. And um, I don't I don't know what, like, I'm not sure how to make it create time with my mind, you know? <laughs> well, you had your, uh, that, that, was your, that was your hero shot then, right? Like, you were literally staring down the pyramid of your own schedule That's and exactly. workload. Yeah, it's like, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, do not back down from a fight. My action scenes are lame. <laughs> <laughs> the alarm clock. Well, was this uh, cast uh, one that you chill? Like, was it part of your pitch, like the, to have this cast, or was it kind of handed to you? No, um, I pitched the movie cast, um, and then I was there was some conversation about being able to change it up and. Um, I pitched the, I pitched three story arcs, um, and the cast rotates. The cast changes okay. for the three story arcs. But you know, it'll it's it's conceived of as kind of the 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 movie book. Yeah. Um. So the movie characters will always be not far off stage if they're off stage at all. You know. Sure. Is there a chance that both you and Matt will be riding Hawkeye in the same months in the same house? <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> I guess so. Be... <laughs> uh, I mean, it's already happened that uh, that I wrote Tony while he was writing Tony. Oh, well, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, which is really weird because um, and, uh, like, I, I'm... 
I have a weird relationship with that character because he's so much a part of Matt to me. Yeah. You know? And, and Matt has a weird relationship with that character because he's been living in his head for five years. Yeah. And, um, and the first time I got to write him, I, I was kind of excited about it. After uh, I, I wrote a couple scenes, I was like, that was really fun. I'm surprised that that was that fun. And, he, and, and Matt looked at me like I was crazy. And he was like, yeah, talk to me in five years. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I mean that in like, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun book. It's a silly even, you know, I yeah. don't want to like, turn anybody off with that, but, but like, it's, it, it like he, you know, the the movie touches like uh like 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 Hulk punching uh punch Thor Thor yeah Thor. yeah in Grand Central yeah whoever's like standing right next to him when the fight's over and he just yeah. has one punch in him um uh it's it's like that there's a there's there's some stuff like that there's some silliness that is like things that made me giggle when I was working oh yeah on. and um, uh that. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, Stefano Caselli is is going to be your artist on yes. how uh, have you started to think about how like what you want to see him draw? We have not like we we've corresponded a little bit now, and we spoke like for two seconds on the phone, like literally. He, he was like, yes, my English is bad. And so, <laughs> you know, um, and I was like, hello, hello. Oh, <laughs> oh no. But uh, uh, he is uh, super enthusiastic. And, like, I, I have worked with um, I, I am embarrassed to make, like, sweeping national generalizations, but I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the Italians that I worked with are the most exuberant correspondents, you know, like <laughs> I, uh, Andrea Moody on, um, on rescue. Yeah. Yeah. He writes in all caps. <laughs> Good morning. Gally Sue. <laughs> <laughs> and everything has 19 exclamation points and he's so excited. And it's great. And I love it. Uh, and then, uh, and then Emma Lou Pacino, that I worked with on Castle is amazing. She's not right in all caps, but like, uh, uh, I, I would, you know, she, uh, she plays amazing attention to fashion detail. Oh yeah. Oh, awesome. I, I love noticed that. that in X Factor when I was, cause she was on X Factor for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a panel towards the end of storm season where I was like, Oh my God, I want those boots. <laughs> <laughs> I have them. I send you a picture, you know, like. <laughs> That's great. You have them here. If you want me, I buy them for you, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I am super, I'm super excited. Also, I'm excited to see, to see you write a team book. Yeah, uh, me too. A, a Marvel team. Like, this is like a tradition. It's like a grand tradition. Yeah. yeah it's, um, uh, okay, you guys. I don't want to freak you out or anything, but I'm going to be writing the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's like a, uh, are you also the first woman to ever write the Avengers? I am not the first one to write the Avengers. I'm the first woman to be the ongoing writer of the Avengers. Okay. Who was the other one? Anne Nascenti. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, yeah. Two issues, I think. Um, 
so. It's, it's so crazy, because it's like Marjorie Liu is the first woman to write, like, an ongoing X-Men book. Like, I mean, Louise Simonson was the editor and did New Mutants and X-Factor, but, like... She wrote she wrote both of those, too. Yeah. It's like yeah. crazy. Um, was, uh, what, what, last week about um, Becky Cloonan being the first woman artist on Batman. Yeah, which is even crazier. Yeah. It's like, geez, 70 years. And that was an awesome issue, too. Just so, like, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, very, very, very excited about um, Assemble. Having a lot of fun with it. Like, I, I'm surprised how little stress it has been to me thus far. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I also like transitioning. Again, I'm great at transitions tonight, guys. Yeah, I'm pretty, killing uh, it on pretty solid, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of uh, women creators, you're working on a project called Winter's Tale. It yes. just started. The first panel description went up yesterday, right? Was it? It did. It did. Yeah, and I've seen you've already posted the first couple three. I mean, uh, can you, for people who don't know, uh, can you walk us through the origin of this process? Um. Yeah. The Cliff okay. Notes version, or I guess <laughs> everyone. Uh, yeah. I. Every year we go to Heroes Con in North Carolina because it is uh, the con that is uh, put on by the, sh- the shop that Matt used to work at. So it's like it's our hometown show, right? Yeah. And, um, so for years, uh, there was this girl, Autumn, that I used to see there. Um, and her dad had kind of brought her over and introduced her to me. She was into manga. She was like a little goth kid and, um, she thought she might want to work in comics. And so we corresponded some and, um, she was great. I loved Autumn. And, um, we, we would talk a little bit during the year, but every year at Heroes Con, she and her dad would come by and hang out for a while. Sometimes she and her mom and her dad, it was like, it was really her and her dad's thing that did every year. Um, but, uh, that was a long time ago. I mean, that started in like 2006 and now she is uh, a grown woman and has graduated from high school. And I mean, she's like, she's like three years out of high school now. Yeah. And, um, uh, she doesn't even go by Autumn anymore. She changed her name to Georgie, which is a pretty great name. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I don't see Autumn anymore. And this year at Heroes Con, I didn't get to go last year. Um, and then this year here, I was just kind of looking around for her, knowing that she wasn't going to be there because, hello, yeah. at that age, you do not prioritize trips to comic conventions with your dad. Um, and uh, and then this little girl walked up to my table, and she was dressed like Fiona in um, Adventure Time. And it's right <laughs> up the table. Love it. I like to draw ninjas! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Uh, and it was kind of the most awesome thing ever. And so um, I said, what's your name? And she said, Winter, um, which was kind of like the universe throwing snowballs at the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Winter announced that we should do a book together, that she would draw it and I would write it. Um and, uh, and I thought that was great. And, you know, my schedule is what it is. So I was like, I can't do this, but we totally have to figure out a way to do this. Oh, yeah. 
so uh, I talked to her dad, who, as it turns out, was a regular on the Warren Ellis Forum, where Matt and I met. Oh. Another kind of... Yeah. He was like, yeah, I've been following you guys since before you were you guys. (laughs) Crazy. Um, So we talked about it. It was a three-day convention, and every day they came by, and we kind of talked about it a little more and decided that we would do it over Twitter, and then to kind of make it more of an open thing, um, we would uh, invite the internet to play along with us. So the way it's working is um, I tweet a panel description and then anybody who wants to draw it can draw it, but it's really intended for winter. Yeah. And when she draws that panel, oh, I, I did ask her dad to have her make me a list of 10 things that she likes to draw. Oh yeah, and that um, list is a, is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's what we got our title from. So the title of our story is... Um, uh, Ninja Princess Zombie Rockstar. And, <laughs> and so we, we, I put, I, I wrote the story up a week ago yesterday and put it online and invited people to join us. And we got, it got retweeted by everyone in the universe. And we got about 170 followers kind of right out, out of the gate. Oh, great. Um, and then, uh, the first panel description up yesterday, and I think we have, I don't know, I haven't looked at it, four or five people have drawn the first panel. Everybody's got a different take on it. It's really cute. Um, and then I, I got an email from Winter's dad uh, that Winter has drawn hers, and Winter's mother has drawn one as well. Oh. I love this. Oh. The whole family's getting involved. That's great. It's so awesome. Yeah. And I got a, a a note from a guy today volunteering to do a logo design and oh, letter. And then um, I also got a fantastic inquiry from a woman, children's theater group, and uh, they would like to adapt it as a play. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's got to be some sort of record. Like, it's already has... It's basically being adapted into a play after one panel. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah. how Kick-Ass was greenlit as a movie before it even started or whatever. It's like, we're yeah. going to do this as a play. It's one panel. That's great. That's so awesome. So the thing is that we're going to do it. And, and the thing is, here's the, here's this is really important. Winter is six. So it's a <laughs> of that this is big and getting lots of attention and that it's a really cool project and I think it can be educational for people too um, and show you know we're inviting everyone of all ages that wants to draw to draw with us um, um, I don't want to overwhelm her oh, yeah. and I want it to become something that isn't fun anymore so that is the good part of having everybody play along I I kind of, I talked to her and I talked to her dad and said, you know, if at any point Winter doesn't want to do this anymore, that is okay. Yeah. It is still her story. It is still, we are still partners. I still think she is made of magic. (laughs) 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 Exactly uh, the same one way or the other. So um, if she chooses not to finish it, I'm, I'm sure that one of the people who are playing along with us will finish it, and 
and we'll cobble it together collage style. If she does finish it, then what we're going to do is um, uh, we're going to put it together the way we did zines when I was in college. Yeah. We're just going to at Kinkos and run it off, and um, and we will sell it next year at Heroes. Um, and whatever um, money we make off of it, which I don't expect to be much, but we'll make a little bit. Um, we will put towards Winter's College Fund. And anybody who played along with us who wants to make one of their own will swap. That's great. I love it. I hope this becomes a new thing. I hope other writers start doing this. It would be cool. It would be so great. Ah. Yeah, so if you're on Twitter, I am at Kelly Sue at K-E-L-L-Y-S-U-E dot com. And uh, is Winter's Tale. Um just like the Shakespeare play, uh, <laughs> is Winter's Tales dot dot com because somebody already had Winter's Tale. Uh, Curse I, them! It didn't occur to me until later that it could have been uh, uh, Ninja Princess Zombie Rockstar or or um, a Winter's Tale. So wah wah! It's <laughs> awesome. I was the best version after all. Sorry, I'm not good at short. No, that's fine. No, that's uh, we we are not either. There's find yourself find ourselves 20 minutes into a conversation and realize that everyone's still been standing patiently staring at us, and we're like, oh right, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's why Nicole hates introductions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just get to the middle. How we finish them, we're done. We yeah. like run, those. and that's my time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, uh. All of that's really exciting, and speaking of exciting, I think it's time Good to... Good transition. Yeah. Good transition. I don't know that you guys know what transitions are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's when you just abruptly slam the brakes on a conversation and change the subject. It yeah. is here, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, we are going to be talking about our book club pick for this episode, which is a fantastic book. Uh, we are covering the first six issues of the legendary Planetary by Warren Ellis and John Cassidy. Uh, Kelly, this is this was your pick. Uh, we were really excited about it. So, what made you to decide to uh, to pick Planetary? You know, um, if someone were to make me pick a favorite comic, Planetary is my favorite comic. Um, it it is. I've left comics and come back to comics so many times, um, but but Planetary was the one that. <laughs> that made that that made comics a lifestyle. Wow, you know, yeah. from, like it went from being like, "Oh, hey, sometimes I read comic books," to like, "I'm a lifer." <laughs> yeah. What was it? Uh, what was it particularly about Planetary that that appealed to you that much? That really uh, that really spoke to you and pulled you back in. So rich. It is so incredibly rich. I would like very much for someone to publish an annotated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't believe that hasn't been done yet. Ooh, yeah. Um, there's a couple good websites that yeah. have pretty good annotations, but I, I think, I think, oh my God, could we do that? Or I think he's already doing one. I was going to say, we should, I'm not generally speaking a fan of Kickstarter and... Yeah. Not for any of the reasons that that people really think. It's usually be, it's because I I don't like that there's no. Um, not generally speaking, a, a, a huge fan of Kickstarter, though I have seen it make possible some amazing things. Yeah. And it's really 
stuff for some friends of mine. So I don't know. I'm not a heartless bastard. And you never know. I, I you know, maybe at some point in, in, in my life, I will, uh, uh, it will be the right thing for me as well. Um, but, uh, I love, I would, I would pitch in, um, big time to have just, uh, do an annotate. Yeah. I, I would love that. Yeah. And it's, uh, what's interesting. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's just jump right into it actually, because, uh, that is, that is a lot of, uh, a lot of what the appeal is for this book. So for anyone that may not have read this yet and shame on you, if you haven't, uh, what is your problem? <laughs> yeah. Planetary planetary, uh, covers a story of an organization that, uh, uncovers the, the hidden portion of the world, the, the secret history of earth. And uh, and slowly expands from there. And it, boy, does it expand! <laughs> you know, and and I'll tell you, uh, it's it's interesting because it literally does expand from the very beginning of the book, which opens up in a desolated diner in the middle of nowhere, yeah. with only Elijah Snow and the woman at the counter. Uh, like you can't, you you almost can't start any smaller than that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it just gets bigger from there. I mean, the first issue is essentially. I think I wrote my note like it's basically like the Bible of the series. Um, I can't remember why I said that. Uh, but but anyway, I it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll claim that. But I mean, like, what it says. Um, well, it really is. It really is sort of uh, that. That first issue does such a great job of sort of establishing what they do without giving too much of it away. Yeah, I mean, well, the first the first issue is one where they have all those uh, the Justice League analogs, um, where they go to the giant uh, hidden like fortress with Doc Brass, um, and and uncover like the giant like mountain sized computer and the snowflake. There's a ton of stuff in just the first issue. Yeah, it's the opposite of decompression. There's like just and that's what Ellis is. Like every single one of these issues is just. Such a such jam-packed with so many awesome ideas, so many different takes on uh, so many like liter- so much literature. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, what he, he what he manages to do, and what what Cassidy does there as well, is he, he fills it full of ideas without crowding the page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How yeah. he does that, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't understand. How I'm looking at like these these beautiful pages that can breathe, and and I've got the absolute planetary. Oh, oh. man, this is the uh, instant envy. Yeah, because <laughs> those things are rare and worth a lot of money now, <laughs> like and the, gorgeous and huge. Yeah, like that's the only. Oh, I want them so bad. Yeah, um, really, perfect, but it's my favorite comic, you know. So yeah, oh, of course. On. Now, Nicole, uh, you 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 read this a while ago because like, you you borrowed it from me. Yeah. But wasn't this one of the first comics that you ever read? I th- I was trying to remember that. I think Sandman was the first. No, <laughs> the first comic I ever read and loved. This is terrible. Was um, in college as an undergraduate reading Will Eisner's um, uh, comic about the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like was a lot of people's gateway comic book. 
Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, my dad used to read right. that to me yeah, when yeah, I was yeah, going yeah. to sleep. When you were a kid. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I think it was Sandman, and then I think after that was Planetary, which you gave to me because we had been talking about writing together, and yeah. you were very focused on the idea that each issue is an issue. It is a story. At the yeah. end of that issue, you have been told an entire story, and while the world continues to develop over. Uh, all of the issues that you walk away with something done um, and that was something that was really important to you when we were talking about that yeah it, I wanted like that whole Captain Marvel was to be able to do like these I wanted to do self-contained single right. issues that larger thing and I totally blew it I blew it on <laughs> 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 I think it was just keep it up on ever being able to do this but um in in I, it was just frankly outside of my skill set going in to going with two double shifts scheduled i oh, just yeah. mm-hmm. time to figure it out um but it was oh so i think that's the ideal isn't it i mean that yeah. really is the ideal to have that where each individual issue is uh, it's a complete beginning, middle, end story where if, if you never read anything else or you've never read anything before it, it feels like you've had a meal. Yeah. And yet, if you have continued or do continue, it builds to a bigger mystery. Yeah. I do. I actually did feel that way about the first issue of Captain Marvel. Um, I didn't. I didn't talk about it at the beginning because I was afraid of doing my thing where I just talk about women stuff. But I'm going to, um, <laughs> even though we're talking about planetary now. Um, I felt like I put down that first issue and I was like, if this was it, if this was the entirety of the run that you did and of Carol Danvers being Captain Marvel, I'm I'm fine with that. I feel like we just said a million important things about comic books and about women and about legacy and about how we relate to each other. And I I'm good. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, so you did that. You did do that. <laughs> that was cool. Thank you. <laughs> I've been not saying that for half an hour. <laughs> I don't like introductions. Um, back to Planetary. Um, well, I remember noticing, I can't remember where I read this, and I don't know if it was Warren Ellis or John Cassidy that said this. It might have been Ellis, uh, because I think Ellis likes sound bites. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, like, he wanted each issue of Planetary to be, like, uh, a single from your favorite band. That's cool. Which is why there is no, there's really no uniform Planetary logo. Like, there is a Planetary logo, but it's very rare that it's actually featured on the covers. Like, Cassidy, with every single cover, is just creating a totally new thing, totally new trade dress, totally new style for the covers for the entire issue, based on the story that Ellis is telling, which I think is... Unlike anything that's ever been done, <laughs> like well, you know, what, me away. you know, it's amazing too. And we're talking about how rich the storytelling is. Um, most of the, the there's so much story in this first issue, and the majority of the pages, I think, the maximum panel count on a page is five. Right, that's exactly what I was talking about. Like the the, the I'm looking at the the two three page spread. Uh, the the I have pages two and three open, and. Um, Page two is one, two, three, four, five, and page three is four panels. Mm-hmm. And the amount of information, and they're and they're not overcrowded with word balloons. No, they're no the words are sparse. It's... The the dialogue is funny and quick and and um, 
You know, I always, this is a thing that I have never articulated before. I'm just thinking this as I'm saying it, but um, it, it actually makes a lot of sense to me why this is my favorite and why he is my favorite. Um, my, because discipline in, in writing is something that I admire so much. Yeah. Um, um, my two favorite writers of prose are, uh, are Hemingway and, and Irving, who are both incredibly disciplined. Oh, in yeah. Very, very different ways. So Hemingway writes these really short novels that are, are actually not plot heavy at all. Um, but the, in, the language is, is disciplined and simple and clear, 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 crystal clear, like the most beautiful lake. Um, but, uh, Irving writes these, you know, 500, 600 page books that are complex plots, but the writing is so disciplined that you find that there's nothing extra there. Every bit of information he gives you about these characters, every quirky little detail is somehow important to this plot structure, which yeah. is, um, it's like architecture. It's so amazing to me. Yeah. I think that Ellis has some of that. Uh, I mean, there's, there's the, there's the obvious things, you know, he's, he's funny. He's, um, he has interesting ideas, but I think he's also surprisingly dis. No, I don't know why I say surprisingly disciplined. Um, well, he's going to love me for that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's there's a discipline to it that I admire tremendously. He has a. Re- I mean, just to not to turn this into just like the Warren Ellis episode, but it's like. The dude has such a backlog of work and still is cr- producing it. Like, it's, it blows my mind. I mean... To produce at that level for that long. Over that and much that stuff. disciplined, right. yeah. Like, I just discovered Global Frequency. Yeah. I didn't know that that thing existed. And I'm like, how, how is there... I claim Warren Ellis is, like, my favorite writer. And how is there still more stuff out there of his that is awesome that I haven't even read that's, yet? That's Matt's favorite, um... Ellis book is Global Frequency. I, I think actually, it's it's either Matt's or Bendis's. I'm not sure. One of them. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I, I mean, did you even like the, there was a Secret Avengers um, oh. Widow issue he did? Yeah, not too terribly long ago. I think it's twenty issue twenty maybe. He did it with Alex Maleev, I think. And or Michael one. Lark, one of those. And it was just like. So good, I fucking want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all gathered here to kill ourselves while talking yeah, about yeah. Planetary. <clears throat> um, and I also, I mean, to talk in general about, well, like, the, every issue of Planetary, issue one is like a JLA analogy, uh, issue two is, which one is, oh, issue two is the Godzilla issue, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, three is the, like, Hong Kong ghost story, Four is which one is is four? Issue four is where they come back and oh, they, uh, it's like the shift ships, like the Wildstorm universe, and yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Five is that amazing novel that he basically yeah. writes, mm-hmm. and then six is the Fantastic Four 
uh, an analog. And it's like, that's a lot of story. It's so much story. Um, and I also feel like every sixth issue of this series, which I don't even know if there were trades back then, so I know he couldn't have been planning for this. There, there, but yeah. issues six and 12 are these amazing mind fucks where you're like, what? Um, I remember getting to the sixth issue, <laughs> just jump all the way ahead to the sixth issue, <laughs> where he basically uh, just retells the Fantastic Four's origin, mm-hmm. but in this more what would have actually happened or like twisted like oh these guys are so close to being super villains yeah like this is and it's it blew my mind like i was like oh this is what he's doing this is fantastic the foraging yeah coming until the panel with the with the four of them and and you see the like the reed uh richard's temples like i didn't see it coming at all and then i was like holy shit it's the fantastic four you know yeah, it's it's amazing too because um, you know all of the all of the, the you know there's a lot of analogous storytelling in here and you know characters sort of uh, kind of substituting for for other characters but but it's very clear and uh, if you don't know that the story is still solid but yeah. if you see those parallels like the it, it just instantly becomes so much richer and that's that just ties into the conceit of the book so much that this is the secret history of the world. And yeah. it's like, if you already <laughs> knew a little bit of that secret, it makes exposing that secret all, all the more robust. Yeah. And, uh, and, and another thing that I love, like, uh, Cassidy's art, uh, and this is something that I, I love so much in speaking of like discipline in Ellis's, storytelling even the even the storytelling and the art there's a through line on every page from panel to panel subtly leading your eye the reader's eye from one panel to the next and it's just built in to every page um for example i'm looking at pages two and three in issue two uh where where the 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 japanese expatriates are uh are on Mon- uh, Island Zero and are climbing climbing the mounts across the two pages. Um, the first panel on page two is, uh, is the two characters talking to each other, and the panel below it slightly cuts into uh, Ryu's uh, shoulder, leading you down into the second panel. Uh, and just the way that the shadows work with each other and the way each panel's structured, it just naturally leads your eye across the page and i i would never be able to do that if i had a a, a year of sundays to learn <laughs> dude's got a future <laughs> yeah john cassidy you're gonna hear more from him i think he's uh, um he's got that ability to do you know a, a lot of the photorealistic artists uh can't sell motion yeah they mm-hmm. It looks real, but it doesn't breathe. Yeah, and that is not the case with um, uh, that is not the case with planetary. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I don't know. How, well, there, there's no there's no point in trying to. I, I don't mean to. I was I was going to say I, I don't know if that's in how Alice knows how to write for his artists or if that's just, I mean, I think they're both incredible 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I sort of wondered that, too, especially in issue two, uh, specifically when they go to the Japanese planetary office and the drummer in the background across the entire page is just messing with the uh, with their uh, camera and taking yeah. pictures of himself. Yeah. Uh, and, and is that was that written into the script, or was that Cassidy letting the characters act? Uh, no. You know, and it's no. it's storytelling touches like that that just ah. Uh. Yeah. Um, in well, jumping ahead here, but um, in the next issue, the sequence where the ghost cop Jeez. gets run down. Yeah. Yep. That is just it's 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 so masterful that i feel like oh yes of course this is the thing i've seen a hundred times because it's exactly right yeah yeah the thing is yeah nobody does car cars and comics don't like that doesn't happen it's like car chases are a thing that happen all the time in movies and television but for like like it's so hard to do that in comics uh, and he nails it. He makes it look effortless. He makes it look like, oh yeah, it's a car chase. And you have to realize, wait a second. He just told like an action car sequence with still pictures. It's crazy. Uh, I, yeah, I love love it. Um, the third one that is the issue that I was the most. I guess that's the one that when Matt was saying earlier about how if you are not even aware of what he is referencing, you can still get the issue. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know anything about our Hong Kong ghost cop stories a thing. Like, is that a is that a genre of thing? Well, Zoom. It must be. <laughs> is in in here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're all they're all tropes, or I mean, it's mostly about. I mean, the whole thing is mostly about how comics killed the pulps, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think that there are, there are analogs for all of this stuff. This happens to be one I'm not familiar with, and yet I feel as though... Um, of course I know that. It feels you spot know? on. It feels like, oh yeah, exactly. This is totally that thing, I don't know what it is. But mm-hmm. it feels like, yeah, this is a thing. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh, I was a huge... Like, Ghost aside, I, I, when I was in high school and stuff, I was obsessed with, like, John Woo and Sui Hark films and stuff yeah. like that. And all of that sort of uh, the heroic bloodshed genre. And this reads like... That sounds like an amazing band, by the way. Heroic, heroic bloodshed, bloodshed genre? You, oh, okay. When you say amazing band, do you really mean amazing band? Yes. All right. I mean, like, Neutral Milk Hotel... Horror bloodshed genre. Wait, what'd you say? Anyway, the horror bloodshed genre. <laughs> opening for uh, Jeff Mangum and Neutral Milk Hotel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, well, it's it's just uh, the the action in here felt like something straight out of one of the best of those films. Yeah. And and that was that was what pulled me into it when I first read it. And uh, and and the and, and all of the ghost stuff works. Perfectly with it too, and yeah, I that was giant hard drive that is what heaven or whatever. Yeah, like some writers, that is the only idea that some writers have. Like mm-hmm. they, like they've waited their whole life. That is their big idea. That is something that Warren Ellis just tosses off in a panel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it blows my mind. Yeah, <laughs> the, the God Machine. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Like, and also, how? What was the panel description for that page? I wonder. What did he give Cassidy? I see. I have always interpreted that as. I've always interpreted that thing as like being. I, I feel. I, I feel like I shouldn't say this now that because I haven't. It's been a, a long time since I've. I reread the first six issues to talk to you about this. Yeah. Since I really read. But, but I, I never felt like that was a one-off. You know, I felt yeah. like that. Was, part of the bigger it is used again i think yeah well it it's it, it builds from something that's brought up like it's loosely tied to the uh to the first issue of the book too right yeah but also spoiler alerts but you should have read this anyway people yeah <laughs> i always forget to do that but whatever they're fine <laughs> with us at this point then yeah. Um, I mean, I, really, how long could you, how could you, how long could you talk about it without spoiling it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also like that page where Jakita just like jumps. Is it a whole panel in the whole page? Uh, mm-hmm. The third where she is like just spear kicking a car. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. And I think that's also, is that the first time that Planetary physically interacts with something? Which brings me to one of my big points that yeah. uh, how... For the most, like, what, the first four or five issues, it's planetary, hears about a thing, goes to the thing, and the thing happens around them, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, okay, and then they leave. And I remember, I think when I read it the first time, I was like, what is this? They just keep going somewhere and nothing happens. And then when Elijah actually calls it out later, it was like, oh, okay, there's a reason for this. That's what was amazing about going back and rereading it. It was like, oh, those seeds were there the whole time. Yeah. That was always the story you were telling. Yeah. Which is about how much you involve yourself and what is your level of responsibility when you are the keepers of that much information. Oh, you always knew that's what it was. Of course you did. Yeah. (laughs) It's a genius. And it it is crazy to be like... Because in that first issue, it's a first issue, and it's an amazing first issue, but that mm-hmm. first issue, they, like, planetary, our three protagonists don't really do anything. They uncover a thing, but it still feels like thrilling edge of your seat. It's such an interesting dynamic. It's, it's, it's what we were talking about before. It's, I, it's so idea-filled, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. It, like, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, what, what is your level of responsibility, and... and I think about it too in terms of um, uh, it, it's 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 about it's about fictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the snowflake and the multiverses is a, it's about like, worlds that we create and how they destroy one another and and um, and it's about history and how how it's created and destroyed to help us process these things and you know I, I don't know maybe I'm projecting but it, <laughs> it doesn't matter what his intent was if those are the things that it makes me think about mm-hmm. you know? yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and and I don't think I don't think you necessarily are and, and like you said it's it's so idea filled that um I think I think the approach that's taken here is the best one possible like you look at issue one and like the reader's the reader's like point of view character in the story is Elijah Snow because he's yeah. being introduced to everything and then and then he spends the next 3 issues uh your point of view characters are all three of planetary yeah and and there's a sort of passive that passive storytelling for them at least to just kind of get you acclimated to how far reaching things yeah. will be and yeah. it's just it's it's this great slow build 
because it's so idea-filled, like he, it, you know, uh, old Bill Hicks note of like you have to walk the audience to the stage, yeah. and and Ellis does that so well in in these first six issues. It also helps that he's created three characters who I feel like at any given moment all three of them are my favorite character. Mm-hmm. It's like usually it's like oh well Gambit is my favorite X Men on this roster or Rogue is my favorite X Men on this roster because I only read X Men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but it's like in this book it's like I I love Elijah Snow. Mm-hmm. I think he is he is like a wisecracking leader, but he's also like a he goes from he becomes a leader goes through so much and like Drummer is if you're a lazy you would think that Drummer is kind of like the Han Solo-y, Yorick Brown-y type, <laughs> which I knew would make Nicole mad. Uh, he's calling him Yorick Brown. But he's kind of like, he is... But he's not at all. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You know what's funny is, um, he looks... Just um, like John Cassidy. Looks exactly like John Cassidy. <laughs> exactly like him. <laughs> it is crazy. But, like, ju- like, the drummer is seemingly, like, just like this reckless, kind of, like, cool dude... Who's like goofing around, you know, wearing crazy colors, uh, but he is incredibly more complex than that. And same thing with Jakita. Like it's, it is Jakita, right? Or Jack, Jacketa, Jakita. That's what Jakita. Jakita. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Wagner or Wagner? Uh, oh. Uh, Wagner, I would say. I, yeah, I've I would say always that. said Wagner. I've always yeah. said Wagner, but Nightcrawler's real name was Kurt Wagner because he's German. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, and what's amazing is that as those characters get more complex, it never feels like it's a super surprising switcheroo. Yeah. Or like, we're now drawing back the curtain and you're finding out something you never knew. It was just kind of like a slow burn of as you get to know these characters better. Yeah. There's more. Because even when you do get a holy shit moment with Eli- mm-hmm. who Elijah Snow is, right. it's still... Doesn't it? It's both a whoa revelation, but it's also still in line with his character, and oh, his character yeah. doesn't change. Yeah. That like it's still like a natural progression. It's not. Was that a? Because I again, I only read the trades. Was that a surprise? Because when I got there, I was like, yeah. Oh, it blew my mind. We, I only read the trades, and I remember I was flying back home to Tennessee on an airplane, waiting on the runway for an hour or more, and I got to issue twelve, and I was like, I. I have no way to get the third trade. I'm trapped <laughs> on an airplane. <laughs> uh, who is your favorite character, Kelly Sue? Elijah. Ah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, um, I like his, his, his crotchety sense of humor. Oh, yeah. He's my favorite. I mean, I think there's there's amazing things that, that get done with all of them. Um, and there's so many incredible characters that we pick up along the way. But, um, uh, and, and there's there's cool stuff with, like, I, I mean, Jakita, he, you know, Jenny Sparks, he, like, Alice was doing these, very, um, very realized, um, amazing women heroes who were not falling out of their costumes. Yeah. It, it was a non-issue. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I remember picking up the first issue and being like, really, the girl is in, like, head-to-toe 
tight leather. This is what. And then I was like, oh no, that's not. That's probably the most practical outfit for her to be wearing. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like she's making the right choice. Like immediately, it doesn't feel like they're othered at all. Yeah. But yeah, her. It's not fishnets, like right. uh, which if people try to sell. Like, oh yeah, when I'm trying to look like a badass. I totally walk around in fishnets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely practical boots are the yeah. best thing to run in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scare you. I'm pretty sure when you look at my thighs like this, you're scared. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and also, this isn't even in the first, This it's not even in the six issues, and it's not even in the 27 issues of the series, but Jakita fights Batman to a standstill. Planetary Batman, the one shot done by Allison Cassidy, like she's 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 capable. Like <laughs> she can she's not Batman. Like that's Batman is the character who if you're like, well, Batman versus anyone, Batman wins. Batman always wins. Batman didn't win against Chiquita. Like that's that's amazing. She can drop kick a rhino across a canyon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she uh, I just was I just get bored easily. Or I just get mm-hmm. really bored. <laughs> she's so great. Um, except I do have Jakita's action figure that they made on your Tumblr that you have. All I'm, I had just found out literally this past weekend. We did um, uh, we did a signing at this incredible comic book store in uh, Lacey, Washington, um, called uh, Olympic Comics and Cards or Cards and Comics. Yeah, and I don't mean to fawn but i'm a fawn for a second (laughs) this place is a standalone building that is uh like a like the size of a plane hanger um the woman who owns it started working in the store when she was 15 by the time she was 18 she owned it she built for it and when I say she built it, I mean they had a problem with the contractor halfway through. So Miss Thang got a contractor's license and poured the damn concrete for something. Oh! Wow. <laughs> wow. Speaking of superheroes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, she, she is incredible. Her store is incredible. Um astonishing stores I've ever been in um and uh anyway they have like every toy yeah is it related to comics and had all the planetary figures I was like (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) yeah that happened to me in 2000 I think it was 2009 and I went to Jim Hanley's universe in Manhattan and they just had all three of them there Eight years after they were originally released. I have no idea why they were. And I was like, well, I I have to buy these. Ah. They have all three of them. There are only three. Uh, but Chiquita's figure is crazy. Her spine is out of whack. Um, but straight on, fine. I don't know. Um, Je- but yeah, I saw it on your Tumblr and I'm totally jealous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I... <clears throat> Try the, what, what other points did I have? Well, I'll tell you what's what's interesting to me going into. So we've we've talked about the first four issues, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now uh, and and moving into five, which was uh, 
five issues into a book and completely... This is where it's very clear, if it wasn't from the covers, that everything was going to be a completely different adventure every month. Yeah. That they completely changed the format of the storytelling in the book itself. And now we're reading a, a half-pulp novel. Yeah. And it's it's great. Yeah. Warren Ellis managed to pull off the thing that I feel like... I don't know if I speak for all comic book readers... But when you're reading a comic book and then you turn the page and get to a page that's like mostly like text text yeah. and not a comic book. And it's like, oh, OK, got to like when you're reading Watchmen and you get to the annotations and it's like the annotations are totally like, awesome. And they're great. But it still is like, OK, got to switch my brain. Yeah. Got to switch gears. And Ellis did this issue and it is mostly like picture and then like it's like a s- storybook pulp thing. I don't know. It's it, it, I uh, Alan Moore, I am not dissing on Alan Moore. Crazy, grumpy, snake god that he may be. Um, <laughs> he's amazing and has created some of the masterworks of our, of our industry, our art form. Yeah. Um, but that said, uh, Alan Moore's exposition is clunky. I'm sorry. It is. <laughs> Alan uh, uh, is sometimes difficult to get through. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. I am a huge fan. Uh, uh, I'm not in any way trying to. We can't all have every single. Um, and uh, and those, those two things are not his greatest gifts, I don't think. Yeah. He's probably better at them than I am, but, you know, we're, we're talking about the Masters here. Yeah. He's doing fine for himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's amazing about issue five, and I know this is obvious statement is obvious, but it does feel like that that's, the, that's an issue where Planetary, the comic, becomes the form that it's referencing. Yeah. That's what is cool. That's well. And you, and you talk about, you talk about ideas... Uh, going to read a sentence straight from issue five, and again, like these, these are like probably several years worth of ideas for another writer. It's, and and it's just tossed off beneath Chicago. Doc Brass fights for the future of man in the spawning caves of the feral, miscegenated neo-arachnid variants bred by the murder colonels. Yeah, murder colonels. The band name. By the way, yeah. another great band name, yeah. mm-hmm. Murder Colonels. God. Which I pronounce like popcorn kernels. Yeah. <laughs> These popcorn are murder you. That was yeah. awful. <laughs> uh, and then we already t- we touched on six earlier, the Fantastic Four issue. Um, I love those characters. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the twisted Fantastic mm-hmm. Four. Who benefits from your lack of memory. And that is like the first big... Yeah. The first, the biggest clue, I think, to that point, that there's there's definitely yeah. something going on that we don't know about. Well, he, in issue two, Elijah says, I don't feel like a new guy when he's introduced to, like, all the planetary stuff. Like, I mean, I wonder, did Ellis have all 27 issues mapped out in his brain? I mean, he had to have, I guess. I, I, I don't think that that's possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I just... I don't know. I, 
I just, I don't know. Well, when you write, when you write, Kelly, and, and it might vary from project to project, I mean, do you, when you're plotting out, do you, do you try to plot out, like, super far in advance, or are you more of, like, a, a take it a few issues at a time and see how things evolve? Well, here's the problem. <laughs> um, so, serial fiction is really, is, it is, there are probably too many eyes on me too early in my career, and it's going to end up being a problem, um, because uh, this, this thing that we're talking about right now is a thing I am particularly bad at, and this is not me being... Um, this is not false humility. This is straight up. This is not a thing I'm good at. The way I the way I write best is more suited to writing a novel. The way that I write best is this. Uh, there's an E.L. Doctorow quote that says, um, uh, uh, "Writing is like driving a car at night. You can only see as far as your headlights, but you can get across the country that way." Mm. Mm. Ah, wow. Kind of how I write. I only know what's happening a little bit in, in advance of what I'm writing, um, and then it tends to be that the characters will reveal it to me as I go. The other day, I had a I had a problem where I just got stuck, just a screeching halt, stuck. I could not move forward. I knew. I knew what I was supposed to be writing because of my outline, but every time I tried to write it, it just came out leaden and false and awful. And um, and I had my regularly scheduled "You're a freak and a fraud" uh, anxiety attack. Yeah. And, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut the previous two pages that I had lost the tone. The tone had shifted incorrectly in those previous two pages. I had to scrap those and get the tone back and then and then it sort of fell out um very comfortably from then on and that that tends to be how i go and and it often happens that i am surprised by what i'm writing that i don't that that there is a uh a a plot twist even that i did not see coming myself Hmm. Um, and so that makes it very difficult for me to write serial fiction because when I when I'm writing I find out you know oh this is what this needs to be oh of course of course of course this is what this needs to be but you know what I could do I could go back here and I could set that up a little better by tweaking this or making sure that this it gets mentioned here or you know so and so well you can't do that if issue one is already out Mm. yeah I am having to learn as quickly as humanly possible how to write differently. Uh, Yeah. And uh, it's not going well. (laughs) I don't know. The results results have been pretty great so far, I think. Yeah, it's going well well for the rest of us. Yeah, Yeah. we're having a great time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean... Outside, outside of that, I think everyone else has been enjoying it so far. Yeah, but I guess that is something that's fascinating uh, when you're when you're discovering as you write, uh, and uh, but and now it's in other people's hands, so they have as much access as you did to the information. Yeah. <laughs> 
don't, I feel goofy talking about it. I don't feel a lot of ownership for it. You know, I feel like, I don't know. I, there's no way to say this stuff without sounding like a weirdo. Well, that's a, that's why we started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uncovering weirdness. I feel like that happens whenever you talk about any kind of creative process when you're a person who prides yourself on self-awareness and, and not being precious about yourself. Yeah. Because you're still doing something that is important, that you feel is important, and that connects to a fundamental, passionate part of you. But then you start using your words to do that, and you're like, this isn't how I use words. This isn't quippy or yeah. or or insightful. This is this is just honest, and it's awful. <laughs> uh, honesty. I need a shower now. We are in the cone of truth. It is all Right, fine. right. Yeah. We are still in the cone. Set that up. I set that up at the beginning of the podcast. You're like the Warren Ellis of our podcast. Yeah, I'll it take that. They're all along. I'll take that. Awesome. Thank you. No. <laughs> uh, well, any final thoughts about these uh, amazing six issues of Planetary? Besides, I want to now finish. I want to reread all of them again. <laughs> uh. Um, uh, you know, I've never read the final issue. <gasps> I haven't. I haven't either. Really? I, because because then it's over. Because that's then, so fascinating. And as long as I never read the last issue, it never has to end. That's so. amazing. Is that is it the it, same it, for you? Yeah. Sort of like um, uh, uh, John is a is a huge Charles Dickens fan, um, and uh, and and so there is one Dickens novel that he is saving for his deathbed, mm. which I like. Oh my God, he's gonna get hit by a car or something. Yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but, not funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of feel like that. Like. I also have not read the the last um, Harry Potter novel, although my plan for that one is as soon as Henry is old enough, I want to read them to him, Mm -hmm. saving the last one so that we can be surprised together. Oh, Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, uh, I like the last of things because I like emotionally crying a lot. I like like the last Buffy, and I was just a mess the entire time. I I get off on that, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that was gross. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, so so this was uh, this was your sort of as it were uh, uh, gateway drug back into comics, and uh, uh, just in, in like specifically these six issues. If you had to, you have like your your. Uh, two sentence pitch to someone who's not, uh, who doesn't have as much experience with comics. How do you how do you sell them on how you felt when you when you read this book? Um, right. I, I it will sound like so much hyperbole, but um, there is sense of wonder and magic. In these very cynical, very grounded characters, uh, that that made me believe in uh, in the power of of words and pictures, in the power of story, um, and uh, there there is an 
there is a through line of undying optimism, I think, in in almost all of Ellis's work. Yeah. That, it, that brings me back uh, to anything that he writes. Mm-hmm. Um, it it fills me with hope and wonder. That sums it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you that can't. Is beautiful. That, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Actually, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, well, I mean, thank you so much for picking uh, one of all of our favorite books. Any chance we get to talk about it, I am a fan of. Kid it, and it was lovely to meet you, madam. Oh yes, you as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Kelly Sue, uh, you have Captain Marvel. You have yep. Ghost coming out from Dark Horse Comics this fall. Yes, indeed. Uh, Avengers Assemble coming out. That starts this fall as well. Is no, you- we start. Issue nine. Issue nine, yeah. Uh, and uh, also, uh, Nin- Ninja Princess Zombie Rockstar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or Winter's Tale. <laughs> uh, Ninja Princess Zombie Rockstar, uh, and then coming in 2013 uh, will be um, Pretty Deadly with yes. Emirates. Cannot wait. Yeah, me either. I, 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 I literally fantasize about getting having the time to work on that book. <laughs> hey. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, everyone, you can follow Kelly Sue on Twitter at, at Kelly Sue. Uh, you can also go to kellysue.com and also kellysue.tumblr. You're amazing. Yeah. Um, please check out our website, mattbrettlovecomics.com, where you can like us on Facebook. You can uh, check out all of our past episodes, including our previous interview with Kelly Sue. Um... You can follow me on Twitter at Brett White. Also, my column from Comic Book Resources is two, two column entries. I still learn an entry. It's two entries deep. Yeah. <laughs> Called In Your Face Jam, which you can read at Comic Book Resources. Uh, Matt, they can follow you on Twitter at... Oh, uh, follow me on Twitter at TheMattLittle. Uh, you can check out my uh, monthly sketch show uh, podcast called Left Handed Radio, lefthandedradio.com. Um, if you head there or... Check out the Matt and Brett archives. You can check out the uh, Spider-Man 4 episode where we had 25 writers each write a page where they could only see the page before their own. Uh, it's Then we did a staged reading. It's crazy. And I believe at this point Dark Knight 4 will also be up. No. This, that'll be after Whoa! Yeah, but they already know about it. Uh, yeah, we did. You'll figure it out. Sure. Uh, and Nicole is on Twitter. Nicole M. Therese. T-H-E-R-E-S-E. You did it. Yay. Um, Yep, and you can listen to me on Matt and Brett Love Comics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Well, what an awesome episode. Thank you, Kelly Sue, so much. Uh, And everyone, go check out Planetary. Bye. Bye. Bye.